0: Welcome, Eric, to Cup of Joe. How are you, man? Doing well today, Joe. How about yourself? Doing good. So, Eric, you're in commercial real estate. And um, I found that whole topic is intriguing because I don't know enough about it. I'm in residential. And, you know, while it's important to know what's going on in residential, I think as we talk about, oh, our business is failing, our business is going out of business, you know, what's happening, uh, who might know better than someone who's uh, working sales and leases for all those folks, so I'm glad you could join us, man. I hope I uh, hope it's good. No, absolutely appreciate you having me on, man. So Thomas Duke is your company that you work for, right? Yes, sir. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Thomas Duke. How you got into why? Why'd you get into commercial? You know, like how that gets going for you.
1: So the Thomas Duke Company is a third generation uh, real estate company based in Farmington Hills. Um, I've been here now for 11 years. Uh, before me, my dad was here for, I think, uh, I don't want to age him too much, but probably twenty years prior to that. And so it was one of those deals that you know, I I interned here in the summer times in college. I you know was pretty involved in the business by the time I graduated, and this was kind of always going to be the next step for me. So it's uh, started in two thousand nine. So that was a little bit of a, a learning uh, <laughs> adjustment. Um, half the people that I think that you know, my dad or Tom or anybody else has been dealing with, you know, when I came into the business, they were like, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing yeah. to this kid? This is, you know, this is- the world's falling apart. And, you know, fortunately, you know, I think that it's been a nice ride since then.
0: And, you know, obviously things have been up, up, up. So, well, I mean, I can't speak to the commercial side, but I would imagine if you were able to get in and weather the storm from the mid two thousands to the like 2011, 12, maybe 13 on commercial, um, I have to imagine that things are better because I mean, my my take on your business is that it's very relationship driven. Um, I know there's a few sites out there like LoopNet or something like that that you know the general person could jump on and maybe try to find a something, but I mean there's not like a big MLS system that um syndicates to uh, a commercial Zillow, so to speak. So people need you know, commercial agents and you guys know about things, you know, that are happening and, and things like that. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a, it's a, you know, just like you guys as well, though, it's it's a relationship basis or a business and the people that you know, you know, that you perform for, or that you've, you know, have a track record with, you, you know, generally you'll, those people will come back, uh, you know, and, and work with you in the future, whether that be on, selling the building that you sold them, or if it's an investment property, if it's, you know, always trying to, to look for the next one coming back to you and, and helping to find it. So yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's relationship-based. We, we do have a uh, CoStar, which would be the similar, most similar thing, I think, to your, to your MLS, um, which is just a, you know, it's the it's a multi-listing system that our company pays for. And we, you know, it gets us some access to, uh, to basically everything that's on the market. This um, is a huge, very, very helpful tool, but again, there's nothing that really can replace you know a good client or somebody you've done business with
0: in the past. Sure, but I think I guess my thought was also from like the the consumer standpoint. Um, I think and I, I know actually in real estate, it normally starts with an online search before even if it, even if it's someone who has a relationship, you and I Recently, did close a transaction together. So presumably, if you were going to sell your house in a couple of years, I get the phone call. Um, but even before you make that call to me, you probably jump on, you know, a site and look and see what's out there because you're thinking about selling. You got to buy something or rent. Um, mm-hmm. You got to go somewhere, right? So you start with that search. If I'm thinking about, um, you know, starting a, a new business uh, uh, or I need a real estate office, for example. Um, there's not like a, a zillow realtor redfin you know site to go to to find that other than a few but again they're not completely syndicated the way the mls syndicates to those other sites
1: correct but, yeah i mean there 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 would be nothing that i guess would be consumer based that is a free service so like in terms of like a zillow or something like that that you anyone could just log into there really is not going to be anything that um that shows everything on the market. There, there'll be there'll be some listings and that type of stuff, but uh, yeah, I would agree with you.
0: So, how do people find you? I mean, it's got to be more than just relationships.
1: Well, fortunately, if you're in like the uh, the areas that I have a number of listings in, uh, generally we you know we like to keep a lot of the inventory and like to be as visible as possible. And so, um, you know, for instance, I've I've worked in Lion Township, Novi. South Lion, Wixom, Northville, I've, I've worked there my entire career. And so the, the you know, the, the pond is not so big that if, you know, if, if you're just driving around, you're likely to see what, you know, some stuff that we have. And we keep a really good inventory of everybody that we've ever talked to or inquired about a property kind of in our territory. And so most of these people will have talked to us at some point or, or
0: reached out to us on a property that we are we're selling. Okay. That makes sense. And and it's a little different because it's less casual. You know, in my business, people like to look at houses. You know, I had a, a lady helping with my kids today while I was at work. And even she was like, one of the most fun things I can do is go with friends when they're buying houses just so I can see them, you know? So nobody says that about commercial until maybe the finished product. Oh, you'd be surprised, Joe. You'd be surprised. We get our fair share of tire kickers too, man. Oh man, that's uh, that's rough, Um, especially to take you to a property. At least with online, all you've done is gone online, and even if it's my own website, I don't care if you view three hundred properties. I don't normally call you until I know that you want to buy a house. Um, I might send you a couple emails if I see that you've looked at three hundred properties and just say, "Hey, are you thinking about buying?" But uh, outside of that, I won't bother you too much. But to uh, to show up at some commercial sites. it's gotta, yeah, it's gotta be interesting. I mean, you haven't seen my
1: Facebook page recently. It's uh, ever since we uh, moved into our new place. Ever, I can't scroll for like two seconds without seeing some sort of ad about a new development going up somewhere. Just because we did look up a
0: bunch of stuff. And yeah, for sure. So uh, I think you know the the big thing, and I kind of alluded to it when we got started, is like there's a, a concern, maybe unwarranted, maybe not about what's happening with retailers, you know, being anywhere from a store to a restaurant to, you know, the mall. Um, and while you may not have all the answers, so to speak, I mean, what, what's projecting in your industry, uh, whether it's good or bad, I mean, you know, you don't have to sugarcoat anything, like what, what is really the expectation moving forward? Well, obviously, if I knew the answers
1: to that, then I would be, you know, I don't know how many times a million are over. Um, but I I do think that, you know, this is going to be the next few months are going to be really telling because I think a lot of the safety nets that were here at the beginning of this whole shutdown um, are, are now gone. Um, I think there's certain industry types that on the retail side are going to just get hit, and there's not really much that can be really done about that. It's simple, you know, it's simple money coming in versus money going out. And so if you're a, you know, if you're a restaurant owner right now, I, you know, I really, really feel for you. If you're a landlord of a restaurant owner right now, you know, I really, really feel for you. I think there's going to be a correction in the, you know, the big box market to some extent, just because I think, you know, the traffic just seems like it's been down for years. And in that case, I don't really blame the, shut down as much as it's just, that was an industry that was going, you know, it seemed to be going by the wayside for a while now. And if this was a thing that, you know, if it was standing on the edge of a cliff and this was a thing that, that pushed it over for a few of those, those type of retailers, then I guess, I guess that's it. But it was, it was going kind of heading in that direction, kind of regardless. Um, You know, the restaurant industry is something different that was thriving. It was doing well. And, um, you know, I think that we will see a number of I think we will see a number of closures there i personally don't think it will be as bad as as maybe some of the doomsday people out there um but that's just because we talk to landlords every day people that own the retail centers or the buildings that these restaurants occupy and everyone that i talk to that's been a you know it's been an experienced landlord through this thing has given their their tenants some sort of break um because they know that it's not something that's at all in their control sure
0: which I guess is good and nice, right? Because um, we all are in a business, so it's important to generate revenue and income and, and profits. But at the same time, we all are people too, and so exactly um, you have to mix those two a little bit. Um, not necessarily personal in business, but just having some reasonable, you know, approach, right?
1: My other point with that is just that, like, it, it does go along the lines of being just being a good person as well, but if they were to take the opposite type of approach and let's say that they held their tenants feet to the fire during this time
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're not i mean most of these spaces are built out so specialized for what whether it's a gym or a restaurant or any but any other industry that's been having a difficult time their spaces are built out so specifically for that use that the only logical way to backfill it would be to find another one well it's not i don't think it's a tremendous time to try to find another one of those so Better off rather than allowing a you know an eight month, nine month period to leave your building vacant. You'd better off trying to work with the people that were already there that you have some history with.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, I, at one point in life, I did you know lease a small commercial space for warehousing, and prior to that, I was looking into uh, various types of retail. Uh, like vitamin shops, coffee shops, things like that. And, um, so I had those conversations with some of the franchises and whatever about build out and yeah, to your point, you got to find the right place, even from that side, even though it can be built out, it still has to be the right size, the right, you know, footprint, all those things. If it's already built out, um, to be, you know, a McDonald's, no other restaurant really looks like McDonald's. Um so you know that makes it kind of difficult and um it would be best to let the mcdonald's stay there unless they couldn't
1: (laughs) yeah unless it was just like a corporately mandated they have to shut it down your best you know although i don't think mcdonald's is having a very difficult time paying their bills right now sure that though would be to keep keep uh especially if it's a highly specialized build out to try to keep do what you can to keep the tenant that's already there rather than trying to go out into a, what could be a challenging, at least in the short term, what could be a challenging market to try to get to back though.
0: Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. And how long is a normal turnover? I mean, normal market, there's no COVID going on, stuff like that. We're in 2020 and things are just continuing, the same trends that they were going from the last few years you get a new listing for some sort of building and i'm sure this is you know very not universal right because a hundred thousand square foot building is much different than a two thousand square foot building things like that but just generally speaking how long do you have to hold a listing in your industry and it is it is a tough question
1: to answer um, because there i think a lot of it has to do with with location um if you for instance Milf Road 96 which is where we did a deal with um, the Lion Oaks Plaza there with what what used to be Pure Sleep and the cottage inn and all that stuff. If I had a sister building to that right down the street, I think I could probably fill that um, you know in a reasonably short time period and that's you're talking about 30,000 square feet that, yeah. that we moved down there with I think among probably 13 different tenants. The issue is, you know, if you get into sec- especially like older retail centers, older office buildings, that type of stuff, you, there's just more, there's more of a fight for cost at that point. And the fight for cost, generally, if there's a decent amount of vacancy along the, the corridor that you, that your, the building is, then, um, you know, they could, they could have five, 10 buildings on there, on there, on the list. And that means that the most expensive of those five to 10 probably is going to be vacant for a while. I guess to wrap it up, we generally ask for like a six-month listing period. We're confident during that time that we would either fill the space or we'd have enough feedback from the market to know what the issues are with it that need to be fixed in order to get it filled.
0: And then from there, I guess, you know, my side, when I do residential, and this isn't every residential agent, I mean, I'm very marketing focused, right? I'm into uh, Facebook ads and other ads and email blasts and even postcards and, you know, all kinds of different stuff. Um, what does that look like from the commercial side? You know, I've got a new building, even if it's those buildings, even if it's the sister building, you just said, you know, would be ideal. Um, how do you get that word out? Honestly, Joe, a lot of the same.
1: I mean, we have, um, we have a database here with just, you know, we keep track of, whether it be retailers, office, users, industrial users, investors, we keep track of everybody we know is active in the market. First, you know, first day of getting a new listing, we'll likely send out some sort of marketing piece to them as well as the, the, I guess one of the bigger differences I think between our two industries is that when I take a listing, there's only going to be, you know, what 34, we probably, I think we have 40,000, 50,000 people on our database, there's only, there's going to be, that is your set pool of buyers or tenants, right? Uh-huh. Someone from that list or, or, you know, if, if they're not, you know, in the, in our database, then they're at least in the commercial in commercial industry professionals. Someone from there is probably going to be your buyer, you know, unless it's, com, you know, completely someone just starting brand new with you, your list of potential buyers buyer. is millions of people, you know, Legitimately, throughout the United States, you could sell a home to somebody re- willing to relocate or something like that. Yeah. it is a more it's a it's a more narrow industry in that way because most you know we would have the contact information if we think it's a good McDonald's site for somebody. We would just call the rep at McDonald's, and uh-huh. if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. It'd be, it would be more difficult for you because how do you know just from listing a home that while wow, this you know this person has, you know, you're not going to have anybody with, uh, with 3000 homes like McDonald's has locations where you know exactly what it is for what they're, you know, what they'll be a fit for them.
0: Right. Well, and to, and interestingly, they would call it discrimination when I do have an idea of who the market might be for this particular house. So if I'm listing a 1200 square foot ranch and I assume that it's going to be somebody who's 50 or older, I can't target 50 or older, uh, base uh, any longer because they say that I'm excluding, you know, forty nine and under. And I'm like, I'm not excluding them. I just know that this kind of cut to the chase. <laughs> yeah. I have no issue. I'd love to talk to anybody. Family, single person, you know, tall, short, I don't really care. Um, I just know that if it's got six foot ceilings in the basement, it's not ideal for a basketball player. That's all. So, you know, um, so it's kind of funny that I I get it. And I'm not saying that we, you know, I, I understand how this came about and why we can't go after certain markets. But there are times when it's a little silly. I just, I know what would happen if if we were able to, but, you know, so yeah, it's uh but you're right. I mean, my buyer pool, people might see your house for sale on a whim and be like, you know, I've always wanted to live over there. I'm just going to go buy that house. And like, literally had not been thinking about it yesterday. No one's going to probably drive by a nice, beautiful building, landscaped and, and great parking lot and be like, I think I'm going to start a business in there. You know? So,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm really... And I'm going to close in one week.
0: Yeah, yeah, cash.
1: <laughs>
0: for sure. So uh, what's been like, I guess, what's been some bigger trends, you know, with buildings? Are people, have people been, again, I almost have to eliminate this current nine to 12 month era, but, you know, I mean, feel free to factor it in. Are people looking for bigger buildings, smaller buildings? Does somebody like having a tenant next to them? Um, if they're, a, you know, some sort of uh, operation or do they prefer to be standalone, like what, what's kind of been the biggest thing we've seen in the last couple of years?
1: You know, I honestly think these last few years, the investment market has been like bananas. I mean, if you could, if, if you could, if I had 10 apartment buildings for sale right now, they likely would be sold or under contract, you know, I'm not saying necessarily by the end of the year. I don't know if I'm that good, but they would be, they would be, they would go quickly. I mean, as long as they're priced decently, that industry type has been bananas. And it was like that before COVID it was like that during, and it's still, and it still is, I would say industrial also really not affected. You know, we're the same price points, the same types of users, the same activity we're getting on, on all of that stuff. Um, just not affected in any way. Um, When you talk about like the freestanding building versus multi-tenant, I'm actually seeing just because of the fact the interest rates are so low, you're seeing a number of these owner users, people that uh, run a business out of the the building, not just as hold it as an investment, seeing a number of them try to take on a little bit larger building than they necessarily need for their own use. So they can try to get a tenant in a portion of it to pay, um, you know, to pay, Whatever percentage of their mortgage, and uh, and try to make it you know lower their cost to operate. Um, I would say that everybody's kind of been down on office this year, but I've actually personally done more uh, office investment sales this year than I have at any other point in my career, and I think that most of that just speaks to the fact that you know if you let's say an office building were to sell for like a plus or minus 8% return on your money, right? Based on before your mortgage, before any of this stuff. You get 8% on your money, then then the interest rate at that time is 5%. And now the interest rate is lower by a whole percentage point. You have the same tenants, the same leases. Now, all of a sudden, you can afford, you know, people can afford to buy that building and are actually making a better return than they were on it before, you know, before this. Now, that's not unwarranted i think that that probably makes sense because there's probably more risk now but it still hasn't really seemingly slowed down the investment market um all that much
0: well it seems like in general there's more cash than people know um you know out there um there's there's cash you know in real estate there's cash in investment real estate there's cash in businesses you know what I mean um I, I know a few business owners that they basically said one one thing that was fortunate for them was a surplus of cash that they have held on to um for one reason or another and you know they were able to kind of get through certain times you know this way um so I suppose that that's a, a good thing um and to your point about investors, I think there's probably a, a still a good amount of guys on the sideline with a certain amount of cash. Maybe they still need a mortgage, but, you know, a certain good chunk to uh, invest and, and you know, move forward. So I do think you said earlier, it's not all doom and gloom. There's obviously a lot of naysayers. We don't want to ever overlook the people that unfortunately have failed their business or have, you know, failing businesses. Um But, you know, at the same time, there's there's still a decent amount of people out there that can can do okay and have some opportunity, you know, in the near future here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, you know, leasing in my like my experience is your leasing has been slower, uh, like significantly than it had been in years past. Sales have been up. And I think that kind of speaks to your point about just there's some there was some cash in the sidelines. There seemingly was a a window where there were some decent buys that were made, and um, and yeah, again, we obviously at the end of the day, we just hope that we get out of the other side of this thing with it is you know the least amount
0: of uh, failed businesses or closed businesses that we possibly can. Yeah, for sure. Um, have you had many? you know, come back to you? Have you had many landlords saying, you know, I'm losing my tenant um, or I've lost them or, or whatever. And I need a space filled?
1: You know, not really. Um, I think at the beginning of this kind of going back to that same retail center that we were talking about, we took the art van pure sleep space back there, but that had nothing to do with COVID. That was art van was right. flying out of business as a, as a, as a whole company. Um, I mean, I've here and there. I mean, I have a a little retail center I market down the street here that Subway is going to be vacating. But I have just thought there'd been an overabundance of Subways for years, and then you have like five other sub companies all you know all come into the market at the same time. Someone okay. was bound to finish in last place there. Um, <clears throat> I would say on the on the office side, maybe a little bit you know, just from people right now, or, you know, they, if their employees are working from home, like for instance, I think tech maybe might be an industry type that, you know, their employees could, cons- you know, they could trim down some of the employees in the office. Most of the people that I know that are in office space do are customer facing and couldn't effectively do that from home. Um, but no, I mean, I, in my experience, we really haven't taken that many spaces, that many spaces back because the landlords that I work with are mostly willing to work with their tenants in order to keep everybody in business and keep everybody happy
0: yeah that's obviously good and you know again a, a big reason you know I wanted to be able to have this conversation and, and try to get it out there and you know it's because um well you and I are still just you know one person each so we can't represent the entire market and, and we work exclusively in this area of Michigan. So we only represent, you know, this area of the market. Um, you know, Michigan's been hit hard in many times. I mean, in the mid 2000s, uh, we jumped on the uh, di- recession, you know, line, recession bandwagon, whatever, well before the rest of the country did. Sure. And um, at the same time, you know, some of our recovery, you know, happened and, and because it went down so bad, you know, kind of increased even more than some other states, and now we see the same thing with with the business shutdowns and restrictions and schools and all this other stuff. Um, you know, we we are different than many states. You know, there's still plenty of states with similar or even worse restrictions or more stringent restrictions is probably a better phrase. Um, but you know, there's there's definitely a lot of uh, things to be concerned about and you know, hopefully, I know, I know a lot of people certainly have decided to try and do more local things. But at the same time, there's only so much local that we can really do sometimes, you know, and if your kid wants an RC car or uh, a game system, you know, there's not a lot of local shops to get those types of things from. So you're still spending a lot of money outside of local. And, um, you know, so it's good to hear that it's not, terrible and that there's not really an expectation from your side you know that it's going to be terrible um you know uh, i don't know how how you comment on that other than you know just saying yeah Yeah. i agree but
1: (laughs) i mean it's it's uh you know we like i said earlier we all had a crystal ball or could um accurately predict how this will turn out you know then I, I don't know. I'd have to be on some sort of economic advisory committee or something like that. <laughs> you you've um, interviewed on CNBC and not on yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the hope is that there's been enough done so far that there's been there's going to be further um, assistance, and that you know, hopefully, we can get you know get some amount of the community back out into. The, you know, what, you know, how many times we said normal this year back into normal. And, um, and it won't be, you know, it, it won't have been too big of a, of a blow that people can't get out of. And that's the hope. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, I think in general, that's the case. Again, I, I know, I know of a business that closed, I never have looked at their financials. So I don't know if it was ever going to happen before all this happened, but I know for certain they weren't going to make it through. You know, because of all the closures, they've basically been closed all but maybe two months, you know, so um, they that they're closing. and, And so I don't ever want to overlook those. But I think coming back to your point about Subway, I mean, if you look into a Subway franchise, you know, 20 years ago, it was like the hottest thing out there. And therefore, if you looked at it 10 years ago, you know, they probably said, well, there's 16 Subways all within a 20 mile radius You know, and they kept changing their things. So I think when we look into this business thing, you know, it would be great if people wouldn't look at it from a political standpoint, if they didn't blame it on a president or a governor or a congressperson, but they, you know, tried to really understand more about what really happened, how to maybe help that person and how to prevent it in the future, you know, because pointing fingers really isn't going to help understanding was Subway a good franchise in the first place to be in that particular location? And what was their trend over the last three to five years to understand, is that the reason or is it COVID or is it a certain blend? And this was like that final straw to break the proverbial camel's back, you know? Yeah. And it's easy, I guess it's
1: easier to make that argument that maybe it wasn't, because of these shutdowns for something like Subway or, or you know, especially if it's a franchisee with, you know, a few locations that maybe their just books weren't, you know, weren't the tightest before this whole thing, the the times you, I guess you feel bad about it or you just, you know, kind of wish that things were different is when it is just a, you know, a mom and pop just trying to survive and, you know, weren't able to get a legitimate shot. And so that's why, again, we're our, our company manages real estate as well as, you know, obviously brokers, sale, and our management side was almost across the board that, um, you know, if, if there's some assistance that needs to be given, then, you know, we're not, they're not in the business of losing money. We'll need to make some sort of lease amendment that will, you know, it'll be paid back later on or whatever it is, but they Nonetheless, we're absolutely on board with getting, getting, giving some sort of assistance where it needed to be given. Yeah.
0: Um, you're mostly, you kind of mentioned, you know, South Lion and Novi and Wixom and things like that. Any particular, um, you know, areas or trends that you've seen, you know, really take place that are kind of exciting or, or anything? I know probably some stuff got put on hold, but anything coming up that uh, is kind of cool for the area?
1: Yeah, so we work all the way out. My team actually is all the way out to, uh, to like Farmington, Farmington Hills, Southfield, basically all along, all along the, uh, I-96, 696 corridor, all the way out to, to Brighton now. Um, so I think the two that come to mind is, um, we just closed last, uh, last month, I believe it was on, um lion crossings which is right at milford road it's on the west side of milford road south of Mm -hmm. i-96 we sold a 19 acre piece there that's going to be developed into i think it's 300 uh apartment units on the west side of of lion center drive there and then i'm told that about uh two hours ago we just closed on the sale across the street of the Zot, what will be Zot chrysler Um, So those, in those pieces, I mean, we've, you know, we've worked on these for some time. I think those were originally slated. I think there was, there was talk of a target going in on one side. There's been talk over the years of other big boxes taking, taking some of that. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 27 acres in total, you know, and just the times kind of going back to what we were talking about. The times did not match up for that. Those types of businesses the development of them have, has slowed and you know there's a lot of those big retailers that are closing stores more than they're opening them at this point sure, so sure. instead of just you know trying to trying to keep running our head into the wall uh, the developers could join in us we you know got together and talked about some other alternative type uses for the property and honestly i think this multifamily thing is going to be awesome down there i think it's going to bring a lot more people down into what new Hudson is calling like they're, you know, they're downtown that they're trying to build. And I, you know, these are not going to be uh, inexpensive rental units. These will be people that have the money to be able to go out and afford a nice dinner or do whatever they need to do shopping wise. And um, no, I think that that development it's going to be, it's going to take two years probably to get built, but when it does get built, that's going to transform that, that, that area.
0: Yeah. Well, and you're right. I mean, obviously I'm familiar with the area and, Um, there have been some existing locations like the new Hudson Inn. There's been new locations like Novellas and John's there's, you know, some area for growth. Um, obviously there's a shopping, you know, complex for Walmart and Starbucks and big B and those things. So I think it's a nice area, uh, to have some stuff and there's plenty of room for growth for, you know, new industries and, and what other things, you know what I mean? So, um, so that's cool. That's good to hear. Uh, I know I've heard rumors for the longest of time um, about things, and I guess it's because some stuff has they have to submit to the city or the township, right, their plans. And so you see things on online, but, you know, I try not to uh, assume that what I read online is accurate unless it's coming from the person who's buying or selling the location, you know. Uh, you can't read assume those rumors are, are accurate. Um, what about, and I think this extends beyond us when I see the lines at this place, I know that it's more than just the local community, any insight onto the good old Irwin's orchards? I know that's not your deal, but you know, do you have any, uh, communication you're allowed to share? <laughs> no
1: comment. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just, I just, I'm just, just messing with you. No, it's, okay. I don't, I honestly do, I don't run point on that one. I don't know any. I don't know anything. I can't confirm or deny. Well,
0: every year the orchard, orchard, (laughs) and and every year the orchard closes. And during that closure, there's somebody who's supposedly buying it, and everybody's upset about it. And it's not this, it's not that, you know. So, um, you know, I mean, for the family, I hope they do and get whatever it is that they need to do and get. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the Irwins. I don't know if they're. Have you know again? The rumors are the rumors, as far as I'm concerned. So I don't know. All I know is it's a great location to go, and um, I know it will be missed if it's not there. But at the same time, if they need to sell or they want to sell, I hope they're able to, and and the right things go in. That's good for the community. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's see, I, my understanding is there's nothing going on there right now. So, sure. and it's certainly possible. I mean, um, there's there's so many you know things that. Um, could go in, I guess. I mean, I don't know. But and then, you know, I mean, it's a big area. So it could be retail, it could be subdivisions. And I know that's been a big topic. You know, there, personally, I hope it's some retail because I think, um I'm not against housing, clearly. Uh, I think that we have a lot of housing. I don't know that we do or don't need more housing, but I, I feel that we do need more stuff to do, whether it be places to shop, places to eat, even a place to get gasoline. I mean, there's really not, you know, if you get away from the downtown areas, there's not a, a gas station right there. And I think it's right off of 96, you know, that, that would make sense, you know? So I don't know, something would be better than nothing.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred percent. I, um, I honestly, even, in again, just leaving that area. Yeah. I do think that it, to me for a long time, it hasn't made much sense why, there isn't more, there aren't more options that have grown kind of as the residential population has grown out there because, you know, Lyon, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but I believe one of the fastest growing communities in the state of Michigan for like four or five years running. And it seems as though the next step never really got taken. Now, again, we're hoping that maybe through this, you know, new developments coming up by the freeway, that will spur some more Future development, for instance, where we're still, we still have four outlots up there that we're marketing that we picture probably going restaurant of some sort, um, just because there's no, like, again, there's, there just seems to be so much demand and rather than having everyone having to drive to Brighton or drive to Novi every time they want to go out and get dinner, it'd be nice to have some, some more local options. And I think that area needs it.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, Additional options, I mean, I love going to the places in town that I go to, uh, but it doesn't matter what food I eat, I don't want to eat it, you know, every weekend or every Tuesday night or whatever night that I I eat out, right? So um, I would like just additional options, that's that's really all it comes down to, and more places to go, I mean, whether it be uh, a big franchise or a local, you know, boutique, I mean, um, again, what's what we have in town is is pretty cool. A couple of the places, but um, you compare that to Howell, Milford, Birmingham. I mean, you know, it's not it, it pales in comparison. So there's definitely room for growth, and it won't all be in one concise little area. But that's okay. You know, we don't need to be able to walk everywhere. I just want to be able to go places. So yeah,
1: and not have to drive for 20 minutes,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, and not have to take the money out of the community, right? I mean, it would make sense to keep it all here. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh.
1: Well, I think we talked about it a little bit offline, but ultimately there will be a new restaurant going in at the um, at the uh, the former Draft Street location downtown South Lyon. I don't know too much about the restaurant concept because the guy that bought it does not is not a restaurant tour, my understanding. So, but that will be another option. I knew that. It, I mean, obviously, that had to always go restaurant, um, and we'll just see what they uh, what they're able to do with it.
0: Yeah, and kind of to your point earlier as far as what it was already outfitted for. I mean, it would take quite a renovation for it to be not restaurant, right? I mean, there's already a kitchen and everything in place.
1: The hood, there's walk-in coolers, there's seating. I mean, yeah, literally it's, you know, it would be reasonably turnkey. Hopefully this this uh, whatever concept he puts in there changes the reputation of it. I know that that's that one's taken its lumps, so.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I mean, it's obviously a great bar location, but at the same time what will happen if it opens as a bar is people just assume it changed hands from one owner to the other. And it's the same place, even if it's completely different. So, you know, that's a, that's a whole other area of marketing and and things like that. That's really tough for people. I'm sure. Um, I mean, outside of that, man, I I know this is probably a weird thing to ask for anybody else, but how do you like the new house? (laughs) Oh, I love it.
1: We love it. It's uh, yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's, Definitely
1: allows our son to, uh, yeah, I mean, I know you remember the last time you walked through our old house that our toys were everywhere. We had, you had to like basically hop hop and skip in order to get around a room. So yeah, we got some more room for him to play now.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Eric, um, I appreciate you joining us. I appreciate you you sharing some insight on your industry as well as what's kind of going around and things like that. Um, We're obviously approaching various holidays and stuff. So I hope you guys, you know, have a a great uh, end of the year holiday. Um, Stay safe and all those good things. Anything that I missed that you're like, oh, wait, I wanted to make sure to get this out there.
1: You know, man, not that I can think
0: of. Um, Obviously wish you and your family,
1: you know, happy holidays as well. And, um, you know, hopefully this, I don't think it's going to be like a uh, snap of the fingers when it turns over to 2021 from 2020, but hopefully um, everything gets back to, uh, you know, gets back to normal and that'll be like the fifth 500th time I've said that this year, but hopefully sure. we can, hopefully when the, when the maybe when the bars open back up, we go grab a drink somewhere, Joe.
0: Absolutely. Hey, if someone needs space and they need to get a hold of you, what do we do?
1: Um,
0: I would call 248-476-3700 and ask for Eric. Awesome. There we go. We're going to end on that note. We end on a good note. That's a good one, man. I appreciate it. Thanks again for your time. Great. Thanks a lot, Joe. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye-bye.